Hey everyone, I need your attention for one minute. This is not one of those ads. This is something that has changed my entire life. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that this is all about personal development as the foundation for everything good in your life. And this podcast is now sponsored by Growth Day, which is the world's first all-in-one personal development app. I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine having everything all in one place that you need to create the life that you want? Now you can. So if you've been struggling with your motivation, your mood, your productivity, or your purpose, you have to check this out. Growth Day helps you consciously change your life and achieve your potential. It has all the self-improvement tools, motivational classes, and life coaching all in one place. So many of us want to improve our lives, but the question is how? Where do we start? What do we use? How do you get unstuck? How do you make self-improvement stick? Well, research shows how. It's when you consistently journal, track your habits, set goals, learn from empowering mentors, and challenge yourself that you'll be happier, healthier, and more successful. But let me ask you something. Where do you actually do all of your personal development work? I have to tell you that over 300,000 people use Growth Day for a reason. It works. It's the world's number one software for self-improvement. Growth Day has an amazing mindset journal that I absolutely love, a habit tracker, and a goal-setting system. In fact, I bet if you went to my stories this week, you probably saw me using the journaling app and telling you to do it too, because it's the first time that journaling has ever actually stuck consistently in my life because of this app. And best of all, Growth Day has live inspirational classes every single week from the world's top motivational speakers and life coaches. These are people who have impacted my life in huge ways. These are mentors who I already knew and loved. In fact, this is something that's so huge for me, you guys. I personally teach a class in Growth Day every single month, and it is one of the most fun things that I get to do, and I'd love to see you there. These classes will truly shift your life. There's always something new that you will learn. So join me in 300,000 Achievers Growing Our Lives with actual real intention. Visit growthday.com slash Lori for a free trial. Yes, you can try this for free. So go to growthday.com slash Lori and go live your best life. You guys, that's growthday.com forward slash Lori. And I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. Welcome. 
Welcome back to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. And today I'm so excited to have Ruby Freeman on the show. She's a coach, a catalyst, and an igniter. She helps people radically boost self-love so they can take back their power and create lives that make them ridiculously happy. Yes, please. Ruby empowers her clients to shift into their belief that they can have it all without sacrificing anything. So what makes her dynamic is that she really has this beautiful ability to blend together practicality with spirituality. So you are going to hear that all throughout this message today, and you're going to learn four steps to create your F yes life. So let's get started. Ruby, I am so incredibly excited to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm super excited to be here, Lori. Okay, you guys. So Ruby is beyond beyond her beautiful red hair, or it's always a different color, actually. Sometimes it's purple, sometimes it's blue, sometimes it's red. Whatever it is, it's always amazing. <laughs> beyond that, Ruby literally is one of those people who just, you love to see her stuff come across on your social media and in your inbox, and she really just is one of those beautiful souls that you are so comfortable around. And I'm beyond thrilled to have you on because her and I actually have a common uh, friend slash mentor in common, and that is Gabrielle Bernstein. And it's funny because we uh, both went to her Spirit Junkie Masterclass, I think it's almost two summers ago now. Yeah, right? 2014. And we had to go all the way to New York to know that each other existed and we're basically neighbors in LA. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So that's the best part about having this like-minded tribe is you get to meet all these amazing people and then you find out that one of them with amazing hair <laughs> is your neighbor. <laughs> so no, I'm so excited to have you on Ruby because, um, you know, I love getting all of your emails and just following you on social media because you give these amazing quick anecdotes and really, you know, you really are about no BS. And I love that it cuts straight through. So today I know that you want to chat about four steps to creating your F yes life. (laughs) So where did that come from? I really want to know, um, first of all, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what life looked like before this F yes life occurred? Yeah. So life prior to my F yes life looked like a big fat F no. And it was, you know, waking up in the mornings with that feeling of, oh, you know, another day pressing snooze a hundred times. But for me, it was so much deeper than that. I was really a victim of, of my depression. I was surrounded by toxicity. I had created this lifestyle that was filled with addiction and abusive relationships. And I really honestly believed that that was all that there was to life. I thought that this was it. This is what I am worthy of having. This is all that I am capable of achieving. This is it. This is how I deserve to be treated. And it was a miserable place to be. And between, you know, the self-hatred and the self-loathing, I was being fueled by all the wrong people because that's who I chose to surround myself with. And it wasn't until I hit rock bottom in 2012 that um, things began to change. And I had just ended a four and a half year abusive relationship, the most abusive I'd ever been in. And I found myself singing the same song. And it was the, what was me? Why me? Why do these things always happen to me? And I remember lying on the carpet of my apartment, crying, heaving. And all of a sudden, 
I, I took a look around and I was like, God, I've been here before. You know, I've been here so many times. Rock bottom wasn't new to me. And that made me look inwards and, and determine like, well, what's getting me here? Why do I keep ending up in the same place? Mm. And the common denominator, guess what? It was me. And it just became super obvious in that moment that I'm, I'm the thing that is choosing these circumstances. I could have left that relationship during the four and a half years, but I chose not to. I chose to stay with him. I chose the drugs. I chose the alcohol. I chose my lifestyle. I chose the toxicity. I chose it all. So in the, in those rock bottoms, what were the things, just to really speak to some of the people that are on, if they're finding themselves in that, what were some of the things that you were finding you were continuing to do, to say yes to, to allow in your life? I was continuously gravitating towards the wrong men, men who didn't truly um, honor me, you know, men who treated me like crap. And I would gravitate towards friendships that were very uneven, friends who used me, friends who, um, friends who instigated and influenced and also enhanced my bad behavior. So I would look for the people, I would seek out the people who would tell me that the bad habits were good. Mm. Wow. I think we can, so, can so resonate with that just because, you know, you look for new people, but we tend to look in the same areas. It, mm -hmm. because we're uncomfortable. So what was that for you that was keeping you from going into a new area and seeking out new people? Or because I know that we can hit that rock bottom and we're like, okay, this type of guy or this type of guy does it, but then we go back again. What, what is that? Yeah, that is a vicious cycle and it sucks. That's what it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, and I did it over and over and over again. And each man got worse and, and the, the, the way I was treated got worse. And we do that because that's what we feel worthy of. We, there's a part of us that doesn't honestly believe we can, one, achieve something different, mm. and two, keep something different. Like, we don't believe that it's possible. We don't believe that we can attract something better. We don't believe that we're worthy of having anything better. So we settle for less, for far less. Mm, that's just so interesting because so I have a lot of single friends right now too who um, this is just such a great topic I love that you're chatting about this because I know it's going to help so many women um, who maybe have had the same type of guy over and over and a lot of the anecdotes I'm hearing is well I'm going to look somewhere else or I'm just going to let it happen but yet no matter where they're finding this person, whether it finally is in the grocery store, a nice guy who cooks dinner, <laughs> you know, and you meet in the grocery store instead of the bar, if they're not changing, the guy doesn't change. He'll follow right. you to the grocery store. He will follow you to the bar. He'll follow, you will meet him wherever, right? So yeah. what, what was that for you that really, when you were like, okay, I'm going to start here? It was looking at the fact that I was the one that was choosing these men, right? Because mm -hmm. at any point in time, I could have said no. Right. At any point of time. But I kept saying yes. I kept saying yes to these people. And what I realized was if I had the power to say yes, I also have the power to say no. I also have the power to choose something different. I was simply not choosing the different because it felt harder. Mm. What do you mean it felt harder? Like describe. So, you know, you've got man A 
mm-hmm. who's like the complete a-hole and then <laughs> man b and, and man a is what i'm so used to i'm comfortable with being treated like crap i'm cozy in that negativity and then you got man b which is like so dreamy you know got this great career is such a good person but oh my god it's scary because what would he ever want with me mm-hmm. and and that stems from the low self-worth mm-hmm. and a lot of women I find nowadays a lot of women don't even understand that they don't feel worthy they they refuse to go to that place and they'll simply sit around and and lie to themselves and all their friends and say well you know bad guy bad boys like me what can I say and it's like, well, no, you're doing something to attract those those bad boys. You're like you're doing something to attract the men that don't treat you well, and you're doing you're consciously making the decision to date them. Mm. So, what were some of the things, just so people can really feel it? Because this is truly this is a conversation I feel like I have all the time. What were some of the things that you were doing or putting out there? You think to attract that type of person? You've got to be that type of person, mm. right? So you've got to really accept where you're at. And I think this is one of the key things that people refuse. They like skip this step. They skip acceptance because they feel as though if I accept where I'm at, that means I'm okay with where I'm at. But that's not the truth. The truth is, is if you accept where you're, where you're at, you're acknowledging where you're at. And that's a good thing because once you accept where you're at, it's from there that you can really create change. It's from there that you can really create shifts because if you're in denial of how bad things are, if you're in denial of where you are in your life, how in the world are you supposed to change? Mm. So I saw on your website, it says, uh, well, you talk a lot about ownership, giving you your power back when you really just own every decision. But sometimes, man, there is that ugly spot where you just are like, like when you wake up, And you realize that you've created this all yourself. Sometimes that can be really, it can feel like the world is closing in on you. How Mm -hmm. do we start accepting? How do we start owning and moving into that so we can get our power back? Yeah. And I'm going to be totally real here. I still have those days. You know, I still have those moments where I feel like the world is closing in on me and I don't want to own anything because it's, it it just, it it feels more comfortable to blame other people. Mm -hmm. Right. But true power is, in ownership because the moment you take ownership is the moment you gain back the power to create change because if you're constantly pointing the finger or blaming other people or blaming your circumstances you are giving those people and those circumstances power over you you're just, you're basically just giving away your power mm-hmm. and it renders you powerless and that's why we feel so helpless in those moments and it's tough it's like going to the gym the decision to get there can be tough, but once you're there, it feels good. So make the decision to take back your power and take ownership because when you're having those crappy days and you're wallowing in your, in your misery and you're just, you know, crying and you feel really comfy and cozy there, it's all too easy to stay in that place. But if you take ownership and ask yourself, well, what can I do to shift myself out of this? That is empowering. So beautiful. Yes. You know, I, for me, that was one of the biggest aha moments in my life is just accepting and owning every single place that I was. Cause I used to love to blame my parents mm-hmm. or yeah. <laughs> blame religion, lack of resources, lack of friends, just, you know, the small town, all of these things. And it wasn't until I realized, um, wow, every decision has been up to me that you realize that every decision moving forward 
is up to you and how powerful that is. Like if I've made all these choices, then I can make all these choices. Exactly. (laughs) So beautiful. So we have four steps to creating an FES life. What is the first one, Ruby? So first one I already mentioned is accept and acknowledge. So you've got to accept where you're at before you can move forward. So you've got to take a look at your life, take an audit of what's going on, accept what is and acknowledge what's right in front of you and the role that you've played in your life. Mm, Do you do any writing exercises around this or is there something that someone could really sit and dig in? Uh, I think the best thing to do is if you're a writer, write it out. If you're someone who likes to sit and think, sit and think it out. If you're someone who likes to talk it out, talk it out. I think it varies from person to person, but do what feels best for you. For me, it was really just taking an audit as you know, I'm a very practical person. I'm a Virgo. So I actually like literally just took an audit of my life, like (laughs) relationships. What do I like about this career? Where am I at with this? You know, and, and getting really down and dirty with what really was. So Virgos, you can make a spreadsheet. It's all all good. (laughs) Really for me though, it's so, it's so all of those things I need to write. Then I need to book a time with you and be like, can we chat about this? Cause I got to verbalize it. (laughs) Yeah. So really it's all of these things allowing to move through it. And I love that you say that allowing, there is so much grace in just, you know, allowing and accepting. Mm -hmm. Um, it's really a beautiful thing. So finding somebody to, to chat with, or really like you did just sitting down, taking an audit. So what is number two? Number two is take ownership. And this is one of the hardest yet most powerful things you can do in your life is take ownership for everything. Because we don't have control over other people's thoughts, words, actions. We don't have control over the environment, but we have control over our internal environment. So we have control over our words, our thoughts, our reactions, which is really important to remember. So when something bad does come your way, understand that you have a choice there. You have a choice in regards to how you choose to react. So take ownership for everything. Mm, What about the stuff that people just can't quite, maybe they're just still holding on and blaming. They can't see it. Do you ever work with people who are like, I just, I can't even see this yet. Is there a step before that? Yeah. So the step before that is willingness, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you aren't willing to see things differently, you are going to remain stuck exactly where you are. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you are someone who is seeking change in order to seek change, you've got to be willing right? You've got to be open to seeing things differently. If you're not, then I'm sorry to tell you, but you are keeping yourself a prisoner in victim mode. Mm. So true. So if I am going to shift from blaming, oh, let's just say blaming my parents for something that is just so deep and I go into willingness, what does that look like? Do you do you use mantras? Do you use a forgiveness practice? What is, what does it mean to be willing? How do I switch into that? Yeah. So forgiveness and compassion have a lot to do with this. So if it is someone else, your parents or, you know, an ex to look at where they were coming from, because a lot of times people just project their crap onto you and then being, being willing to see them in a different light And say this person really, I mean, let's take the worst case scenario. This person really just had the nastiest intentions and they were a nasty person, but to still be willing to forgive. And, and I think that there's a big misconception with forgiveness in that forgiveness condones bad behavior. It doesn't. 
forgiveness isn't there for the other person. It's there to release you from the experience. So never ever think of forgiveness as saying, oh, you know, I, I'm totally cool with how you treated me like crap. Because that, that's not what it is. <laughs> forgiveness is releasing yourself from that experience and giving yourself permission to move forward and saying, I'm not going to hold on to this experience anymore because I'm ready to move forward. Oh my goodness. Amen. Uh, it's so true because I think we're waiting for everything to turn out the way that we want. And it just does not, it just right. does not, it just will not, it does not. So anyone who looks at happy people thinks that it's because everything turned out how that happy person wanted and that it, it couldn't be more opposite. It's the happy person became at peace with whatever is. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Amen. Hi. I'm like high-fiving you through this microphone <laughs> right now. So what about if that is about yourself? So, you know, you're holding that, um, maybe that forgiveness uh, of your, you know, towards yourself. So you're holding anger. Resentment oh yes. Hey, yes. Yeah. So you, I mean, honey, you've got to release it. Mm -hmm. if, if you are looking to create a shift, if you really desire that FES life, you have got to forgive yourself. I mean, it's just a must. And I wish I had a secret formula that would work for absolutely everyone, but I don't. That's why I always bring it down to like the willingness and the determination, because if you really want that FES life, you've got to be willing to do the work and the work is hard. Mm -hmm. You know, it can be hard to forgive ourselves because a lot of times we don't want to look at ourselves that way. But, um, you know, the more that you are willing to see yourself and other people in a different light and understand that this is simply all learning opportunities, the easier it becomes. Mm. And really that's what it is, right? It's just all this beautiful opportunity to grow and expand. I love that Ruby. So what is number three? Number three is embrace a knowingness. And what I mean by a knowingness is, you know, you have dreams but then there's no belief. And then you have the belief where like, I believe this could happen, but there's a little bit of doubt. And then you have conviction, which is a knowingness. And it's just knowing that things are possible. So if you want to create change in your life, if you want to create your F yes life, you have to know that it is possible. Because if there is a tiny bit of you buried in your subconscious that doesn't believe it's possible, it is not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm going to go back to the days where I never completed anything and I'm going to speak <laughs> from that place. Right. Like, I mean, this did not make sense to me. Like just know that you can do it because before, and I know, I know what you're saying now because I had to shift into that, but I want people who maybe can't even see a glimmer of wait a minute, Ruby, I have not even, I've never completed anything. Like I, there is not one thing that I'm proud of. So what are my steps when I'm trying to overcome a giant mogul like that? Yeah. So a lot of this, so that I always bring this down to, um, practical tools. So visualization, but really getting to know what it is that you're trying to create in your life. So if you want to create your FES life, your FES life, Lori, is probably totally different than my FES life. And for every person listening, their FES life is different. 
And so not to define that by what you see other people doing. So you need to like sit down and get real with yourself and ask yourself, what is it that I truly want for me? What would an FES life look like? What would it, what would it be like if I were to wake up every morning and say F yes, what would make me do that? And creating that vision and then taking time every day. This is a practice. That's why I say it's hard is taking time every day to sit with that vision because the more that you sit with it, the more it begins to sink into your body. And that's where the embodiment piece comes in. And that's the knowingness. So it's like, Imagine a vision board, right? You just glue a bunch of paper on this big board, stick it up on your wall, and you expect the universe to work its magic. That is not how it works, okay? You've got to create that vision board, and then you have to sit with the feeling that evokes and understand that every single piece of paper that you stuck on there is possible, mm. and it's yours to have. So it's about giving yourself the time and space to sit with the feelings that are evoked from the vision that you are creating for yourself. Oh, I love that. I, I use that so much and it's been, I will say it's been so, um, that's probably one of the first steps in anything, right? It's not the, you always talk about how you get, you, we get lost in the how, and that's what this podcast is really about. And it's like, before when I even started writing a book, I had no idea how this was going to be, you know, a book that was getting in the hands of as many people as I wanted. And it wasn't until I really sat with it and saw it and allowed myself to feel what that feels like to like visualize the people opening it and using it and seeing it that I can actually now see the how three years later, by the way. Um, (laughs) so I just want to show that, that it was like, it started with just me allowing myself to start seeing the possibility because there is no way I would have remotely seen the how without starting that. So thank you so much for that. So you guys, just the willingness again is being woven through everything that she's saying. All right. So what is number four? Number four is do the work. (laughs) <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, it's like, imagine, and I know there's a lot of people out there listening that probably do this. Um, I am once guilty as charged. You have a pile of self-help books on your nightstand, yet you're still living an F no life. Mm. So you, you, you read all this information, but you're not doing anything with it. Mm. You've got to integrate and do the work. So Every day, every moment, make a conscious decision. Make a conscious decision to do things that align with the type of life you are creating. Mm. You know, and so I always say, you can ask yourself this if I make this choice, will it align with my FES life? Mm. Will this choice help me achieve my FES life? And if the answer is no, then walk away. So sometimes we can feel because our joy can be so intertwined in um, going out, partying, our old friends, whatever that is, or our fake joy, right? What we what we now know as joy can be so intertwined with those things that sometimes we keep asking, is this aligned? And we say no, 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 to the point where all of a sudden we feel like we're not having any fun anymore because we only have one place to compare joy to. So is there a way that you start or something that you integrate or a question that you can ask yourself to just do one thing a day? Yes. So when you wake up and you feel yourself going, oh, 
ask yourself what you can do to make your morning feel better mm-hmm. and do that thing. Okay. And a lot of times the answer to that question is doing something for you. But the reason we don't do that is because we don't think we have enough time. We prioritize other things. So putting yourself first during this process is really important. And and really, it's just about checking in with yourself all the time and asking yourself, will this lead me to my FES life? Does this actually feel good? Or am I just doing this because I feel like I should be doing this? Mm. So it's it's a lot of checking in with self. And that is so important because so often we don't do that. We don't check in. We just run on like this robot mode and just do things because we think we should be doing it. And I, I just think I hate the word should. I think shitting is a disease mm-hmm. and we should just all stop doing it. But so start checking in with yourself and asking yourself those questions. And and anytime you have to make a decision, ask yourself if that decision will align with your F yes life. Oh, love it. So we are so ingrained in habits. How do you, do you schedule? Did you have to schedule in the beginning? Like, what did you do to remind yourself? Otherwise it's like, oh, oh my God, I forgot that I wanted this F yes life again. And here I am at night, Um, you know, same day just happened again. Yeah, I schedule everything. And honestly, I'll I'll give an example of how that started was um, I went from partying five nights a week, drinking and doing drugs five nights a week to going to yoga and working out two nights a week. Mm -hmm. Because for me, two nights a week was a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, back then it was a lot. But on those two nights a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays, in my calendar, I had blocked off from like 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. And I would go to the gym and go to hot yoga. And I would say no to everything that popped up on that date. So if there was like an industry party that night, I would say no. If I was asked out on a date, I would say no. If I was asked to see friends, I would say no. Because that was in my calendar and I had to do it. And in my mind, it was only two nights a week. So I had to stick with it. So I started small. And I think a lot of people start too big and that's why it's really hard to make the commitment to new habits. So start small, get a grasp on that and then add on. Mm, Yes. And those are two amazing things. So I have a question for you around that because it's hot yoga and what was the other one or was it both hot Tuesday and Thursday? What did you do again? Gym and hot yoga. Okay, perfect. Okay. So how long did it take for the transition for you to actually start enjoying those things? And what was it bringing you? What did it feel like when you initially started? And then what was it bringing you? What kept you going? I, so they were different for me. So hot yoga for me and everyone has their thing, right? Hot yoga for me was the only thing that managed to silence my negative brain. Mm. So when I would walk into that hot yoga room, my inner critic would shut up because all I could think about was how hot the room was and how hard yoga was because I was brand new to it. And so so I'd walk in there and be like, Oh my God, it's so hot. And Oh my God, this is so hard. I don't get this. And that's it. That's all I would think about. And for me, it was a really nice break. Um, the gym for me and working out when I started to feel the rush of endorphins and I started to feel stronger, physically stronger, That made me feel really good about myself because somehow it was like a metaphor for my life where I always felt weak and I would choose men who would make me feel weaker. 
You know, I would choose men who would put me down. And so I felt really weak. And working out at the gym made me feel strong. And that physical strength somehow made me feel emotionally stronger. Mm. And so all of that, the feel-good feelings that would come after a workout and after hot yoga, that's what kept me going. Oh, wow. I, I mean, we, like, are on a similar just mindset around that. That was so why I got into um, working out. I thought, well, if my physical body is strong, mm-hmm. that must mean somehow that I'm strong, right? That it equals confidence mm-hmm. or something. Um, so that's really, really beautiful. And I love hearing that just two nights a week really started shifting that because it, it, it gives you a completely different perspective. And also, I think it reminds us of there is a different life out there. Because like you said, we love to surround ourselves with the people who just reinforce our lifestyle. So we get out of that and we're like, wait a minute, not everybody parties every night. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Ruby, I love these. So is there anything else that you want to add around these to really just lock in this lifestyle? Yeah. So I know for some of you listening, you're probably you've probably got this inner voice that's telling you, oh, this this is just too hard. I, I don't I'm not even there yet. This just sounds too woo. I don't believe you've got to start with believing in yourself and believing that it is possible because without that, you are going to remain stuck exactly where you are. So you have got to reinforce your why. Why is it so important for you to have an FES life? Why is it so important for you to be happy and reinforce that why and then build your life around that? Mm, Do you have a mantra or anything like that? Yeah. One of my favorite mantras that I actually, that got me on the self-love journey was be love. Mm. So anytime I felt angry or frustrated or sad, I would tell myself, be love, be love, and just focus on embodying love and radiating love and just being the essence of love. And it just always seemed to lift me up. Mm, Just shifting those thoughts, right? From those negative words, those negative thoughts to be love. It's hard to be upset or angry or hate yourself when you're saying be love over and over. That is so beautiful. All right, Ruby. So for everybody who wants to follow you, where can we find you? Uh, Where can we follow you? All that good stuff. Yeah, you can find me online at www.iamru.by. You can also head over to social media where I love to live. And you can find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash iamruby or Twitter and Instagram at iamruby. And I would love to connect. Amazing. So last question, and thank you so much for coming on. Uh, Last question. You are in an elevator. You have a 30 second ride with someone and they look over at you and say, Ruby, well, maybe they don't know your name. Hey, (laughs) (laughs) how can I make myself happy? I would tell them in order to make yourself happy, you have to cultivate a deep loving relationship with self. You have to get to know who you are, what you need and what truly excites you. So take that time with self, take that time to connect with the love within you and you will find that happiness. Mm, Beautiful. Ruby, thank you so much for coming on. 
Thank you, Lori. Thank you so much for having me. Mm, I always love having good conversations with you. So you guys, if you loved this episode as much as I did, make sure you follow her, make sure you share this episode. And until next time, earn your happy. Bye, everybody. Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought, an honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye. Want to know a huge secret to my success? Okay, not only my success, but just about every single person that I have interviewed on this podcast who is successful has this in common. You guys, they love to journal. They capture their life lessons and what they're grateful for. But a lot of people don't keep this up consistently. And most people do know that the research shows that journaling deepens your gratitude and increases self-awareness. But did you also know that journaling decreases stress and helps you achieve your goals faster? In fact, journaling is a huge differentiator between average performers at work and high-performing people. It leads to longer-term clarity, confidence, and success. So why don't more people journal? Why didn't I journal consistently? Honestly, they don't like staring at a blank page. It's hard to carry a book around with you or a notepad, and they just don't even know what to write about, or they just forget. That's why I know that you're going to love Growth Day. It's the world's number one system for self-improvement, and it's like all-in-one personal development in an app. And it has an awesome digital journal, and people love it. Growth Day's digital journal has hundreds of research-backed writing prompts for self-reflection, positive mindset, confidence building, and success. I use them all the time, and it makes me think in ways that I typically don't, and it makes me ask myself better questions, which we all know gets better results in our life. It even has prompts that help you develop a daily, weekly, or monthly habit of reflecting on your life and identifying areas to grow. So it's a perfect time of year to start journaling, you guys. When you sign up at Growth Day, you also get systems for habit tracking, goal setting, and scoring and improving every area of your life. Best of all, I get to teach there too, you guys. I'm so excited. I hope that I get to see you. I teach live in Growth Day every single month with a new topic just for you. So join me there. Start your free trial at growthdate.com slash Lori. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. And I want to make sure that you have my phone number and I'm not kidding. Did you know that I have a community text number for real? My phone number is 310-496-8363. This goes directly to my phone. All you have to do is text the word daily to 310-496-8363. And I literally text you every single day, Monday through Friday. I actually just got done 30 seconds ago texting a bunch of people back. 
and I talk to you all of the time. You guys, people always ask me how I got my community text number and how it works. Well, all you have to do is you can just go to community.com and get your own. Community makes it easy to get a phone number that you can use to build your audience using text. People just text you at your number and they're added to your group. Then you can text them out audios, video links, anything you want. You guys, I text out happy birthday videos. I love to send podcast links, thoughts about life, book recommendations, uh, different events that I'm doing in the local area. Texting gets me out of the noise of social media and directly into your hand. And now you can start texting your people too. Just go to community.com to get your phone number. They give you a 10 digit real phone number, not those weird short codes that look like spam, but it's more than a phone number. Your new number comes with an inbox for SMS and texting. This means you can actually manage your text list from your computer and an app on your phone. You can schedule texts to send at certain times and to certain groups. You can even set up auto replies or let your assistant or customer service team answer your text messages via community's awesome dashboard. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo. They'll show you how it works and get you your number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community for that. So go check them out at community.com. I can tell you it's not just great for communicating with my audience, but Chris and I use community and our texts to also sell out our launches. I'm telling you, you get such an incredible response because you really are creating a true deep sense of community and it's so intimate. It's freaking amazing. Go check it out at community.com. Hey, do you know what the big secret is this year? And it shouldn't be a secret because this should be your biggest focus. It is building your community. I am always working on building and nurturing my community and everyone is talking about the power of community. Without an online community, you just cannot grow organically or create a real movement, which is what I know that we're all after. And you can build trust or monetize your audience. When you get community right, not only does your audience grow faster, but so do your sales. But where's everybody gonna be managing their communities these days? And a lot of online entrepreneurs and thought leaders are turning to circle.so. Circle is an all-in-one community platform. It lets you host content and create discussions, live streams, group chats, and memberships all under your own brand. And what's so cool about Circle.so is that you don't even need a website or Facebook group. Instead, Circle lets you build your own community site where you can host content and manage your members. You can even create locked and unlocked content spaces, groups, and classes. How freaking cool is that? You can put your content behind a paywall too, and you can charge different amounts of money for different spaces on your community site. Circle.so is famously easy to use, and it has a free 14-day trial for you, so you can go check it out, see if you like it, see if you love all the options. Just go to circle.so. Go check it out right now, you guys. Imagine being able to manage your community, start group chats and live classes, and accept payments all in one place. Kind of mind-blowing since this is usually spread all over the place. You have to log into so many different things. If this is the year to capture, organize, and monetize your community, head over to circle.so 
you can get a free trial and start building your online community right now. Just go to circle.so. You guys, you get the 14 day free trial. So just go and see if it's for you. It's going to streamline everything and make your life so much easier. It's so freaking cool.